0: Five hundred years ago, he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty. And all my sons will follow me, so evildoers will believe that this man cannot die. The Phantom, the ghost who walks. The Phantom, Enemies where the
1: phantom's always there but you won't find the phantom he you g'day everyone for those who came in late you're listening to expand the phantom podcast this is episode 132a um my name is dan fraser and i'm solo today just for a moment because this is just a very brief intro before we get to the main body of this podcast 132 A, you might ask. Yes, it's a little tip of the hat to some of the numbering quirks of Fru in Australia from days gone by, Uh, but it's also A for Adelaide, because today we are at the Adelaide Supernova uh, with mega fan Sean Bassett, and I'll come to that in a moment. Um, Yes, 132 B for Brisbane is next, and uh, that will be at the end of this week. Very excited to be heading off to that one and getting as much... Um, recordings from that supernova as I possibly can but today we're here uh, to hear about Adelaide and hear from Adelaide. Really wanted to get this one out before Brisbane so that people can listen to um, some of what you can expect and uh, really it's because Sean has just done a fantastic job of um, I guess reflecting on his experiences and what we as fandom fans can expect. So of course, being a fandom podcast, I realise that I'm talking to the hardcore fans who are likely to go to cons and that sort of thing and and want to talk mostly to fandom people and to very little else, because let's face it, we are very single-minded in our in our approach to uh, the comic world, which is unusual, but that's a a different story. Um, What we're going to hear from shortly is uh, Sean um, reflecting on his time at uh, Supernova and and what he experienced and what we can expect. Um, He was also good enough to be able to... um, yeah, I guess as part of that, tell us about his experiences meeting Billy Zane. That's what it's all about. I can't believe I've gone two minutes in before I mentioned Billy Zane because that's, of course, why we're all going to Supernova in Adelaide and Brisbane this year as uh, Australian Phantom fans. In fact, Sean himself has travelled from Melbourne across to Adelaide uh, in a day to to speak to Billy Zane, and uh, hopefully over the next podcast or two, we'll be able to bring you other stories and, and other conversations with people who have made a long a journey around Australia to, to catch up with the great man um and then he has also very kindly recorded the panel discussion at uh, adelaide supernova as well and um and allowed us to bring that to you so uh that's billy zane going for most of the next hour by well in and A Q&A type panel um and and really looking forward to uh hearing that on the podcast but also live i guess myself next week when i go to brisbane so anyway um that's more than enough from me um i hope you enjoy this thanks very much to sean um get around him everybody and uh big ups for your contribution to this podcast mate may you always bear the good mark all right until next time happy fandoming
2: Adelaide Supernova
1: 2019.
2: I was lucky enough to be able to jump on a plane from my home here in Melbourne and fly across to Adelaide to Supernova there just to see Billy Zane, who was making his first trip to one of these conventions in Australia, as far as I'm aware. Um, He's been to Australia a few times, shot quite a few movies, including The Phantom, but there's been a few since then. Um, My thoughts on the the day. Adelaide Supernova is a lot smaller than um, both Melbourne and Sydney, which I've been to a few times now. Uh, it doesn't mean it's any worse. It's actually probably better if, if you're looking for autographs from um, celebrities because you don't have to spend the time in queue as, as you do in the larger conventions. Uh, there is less people there. Obviously, it's a smaller city, but there was quite a number of times when there was actually stars sitting there with nothing to do, just waiting for someone to come up and sign. So there was literally no queues. Unfortunately, Billy Zane wasn't one of those. I guess we forget as Phantom fans that we share him with other um, fans. So he's been in Titanic. He's been in heaps and heaps of movies, uh, Back to the Future, etc. And there was a mix in line there to get autographs from him of, of um, Titanic and other, other fans. But I would say that the majority are, uh, were, were Phantom fans. So a range of things being signed. So everything from uh, the Phantom on Hero statue, uh, which I'm not sure why that was was being presented, but he happily signed heroes behind or he's back. And there was a through, I look like a 500 series being signed, um, lots of pops. There there's a bit of, bit of banter in various groups and on Facebook about that, but heaps of pop boxes getting signed. Uh, and along with, I ended up just getting a couple of the, the prints that are available. So that's, that's the other thing. You don't have to take your own thing. You can, you can just pick something up there. It doesn't cost any more than, than the price of the autograph. Um, what I, what the experience taught me is how lucky we are as Phantom fans. When we, we do have Phantom people at the various supernovas or comic cons, you know, whether it be, um a Jamie Johnson or Glenn Ford, Paul Mason, any of those guys, even Jeff Weigel, there's no issue with going up and having a chat to them for really as much as you as, as much time as you like. You don't pay for autographs, there isn't cues. It's a lot more personable getting getting to know these um, providers of Phantom of stuff. Whereas with someone like Billy Zane and none of Please don't take this as a any me having a crack at Billy. It, it's just a bit different. So, to start with, you're purchasing an autograph from him, so you have to go and pay you seventy dollars. Go and pay you seventy dollars per, per autograph, either online or from the from the token shop. Then you've got to queue up to spend to, to get him to sign the object you want to sign. I spent probably forty five minutes in line the the first time, and then I went back and got a couple more probably another 25 minutes in line the second time and then when you get to when when you do actually get something signed you get maybe 20 30 seconds with him he's, he he he'll answer a question but it's not a conversation he's got all these other people to sign stuff for um, and he's got to get through them so he's not rude but you know he's got other things to do and at the end of the day he's he's been paid to sign autographs uh the other thing to to, to think of too if, if if this comes out before brisbane or or um in the future if this this pops up again where we have to pay for autographs they aren't at their autograph table all day they've got other things they need to do they might have photographs They might have um speaking roles they might have to go and they're not to break so don't don't expect them to be sitting there all day waiting for you to have stuff to sign. Um, and if you buy tokens, then you've got to use them. If you don't use them, then they're null and void, and you've really done your dough. Um, it was it was it was an interesting experience. It it's it sort of made me th- realise what a lot of people go to go through to to get stuff from from fans from fans from their heroes. Uh, at these sort of cons when when you go walk past these lines, which I've never been part of this before. I've never walked past and and, and never been in the queue, but I've walked past people standing there waiting for what looked like hours. And from what I've heard about Sydney and Melbourne, 45 minutes in a line is nothing compared to that. It's really, it's nothing to complain about. It's just, just worth pointing out. But yeah, as Phantom fans, we are lucky. We don't normally have to pay for autographs and we normally get that one on one time if we want it. I mean, to have someone like Jeff Weigel, the current Sunday artist, coming out, was happy to sign anything that you put in front of him. You didn't have to buy anything off him if you didn't want to. Um, happy to sign anything, happy to have a chat with you, happy, happy to converse with fans. A very, very approachable man. Uh, the other thing I, I, I did at, the, at the, in Adelaide was Billy put on a, a panel, went for about an hour, uh, which was pretty well attended there's probably 100, 150 people in in the room um, mix of fans and the the first part which you'll have heard um, really was sort of question and answer with with the the, the presenter the second part was questions from the audience and from the number of questions you can the, 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 you can see where, where the fans were biased they were either pretty much Phantom or Titanic so it yeah, looked it was a great experience. Um, Billy was very personable in the panel, quite outgoing, very funny, uh, answered questions really well, thought really hard about them, and, and really gave a good solid answer. It wasn't, you know, there was no brush offs or anything like that. He, he was, it he did perform very well. And as I said before, I think when you're getting autographs from him, he's, he's just on the clock. He's, he's just got to get through as many as possible. So it's, it's it's not really it's a little bit disappointing when you're used to talking to, to to creators, but it's I think just how it is with with everyone else. It again just goes to show how lucky we are. Would I do it again? Look, I, I had a I had a good day. It was it was a big day, flying over from Melbourne and back in the one day, going to Supernova. Um, but got to see Billy Zane. Got a few things autographed. listened to him for an hour. Got to wander around the con. Look, really as a fan, what more can you ask for? If I had any tips for people going, if this comes up again and and we have to actually go and purchase autographs like everyone else does at Supernova, tips having done it, uh, I'd get there early just so you've got time in case, because they don't stand there there all day signing. If you miss out the first time, you've got time to to get back and and see the person you want to see again because if you don't use your, your token, it's gone. If you do decide to buy second or third autographs, the other thing I'd suggest is don't line up at the, the Supernova store where there were about 50 people because everyone that buys tokens for every every star goes there. What you can do is you can actually just buy them online on your phone. So pull out your phone, go to Supernova and buy, buy the tickets The for the actual autographs. So they'll be emailed to you and then they can just scan the barcodes at, at, the, at the table. The other thing too that a few people were doing was they were, they were coming in with, with tokens they'd already purchased, but then they would get lining up at the Supernova store thinking that they had to exchange them for something. And you don't. You just go and line up. The, the, the big thing I would suggest, bring water and comfortable shoes because you'll be spending some time uh, standing. But look, I'd recommend it to anyone. It, it was a great day. How are we all doing? Oh, look at that.
3: You can do better than that. I know you can. Yes, I'm gonna do that thing every time. I'm gonna say that you're not trying hard enough because I'm an angry, angry man and I need more love from you as an audience. How are we all doing out there? Thank you. Yes. I like that the lady does the first thing. Like, yeah. Enthusiasm. I like it. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a person who's about to come on stage. He's backstage right now and I've had the pleasure of chatting with him this morning and let me tell you, it's already gotten weird. in the best possible way. I normally don't have this reaction to people, but we had a chat and at the end of it, I blew him a kiss, and it was like, what was that? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know why that happened, I don't know how it happened, but it happened. And it's possibly because he is just so devilishly talented, so extraordinarily handsome, and he is, what did you just say? Oh, exactly. Sorry, it was just a, 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 yes, he is. He's devilishly handsome, multi-talented, and incredibly funny. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I want you to go completely crazy. And welcome to the stage, the one, the only, Mr. Bill (laughs) Leeson! Ladies and gentlemen, keep it going, for Mr. Bill (laughs) Leeson! That was worth every single cent, wasn't it?
0: No pressure.
3: Hello. <laughs> Greetings. <laughs> like, just a little, no pressure, no pressure at all. Yeah, that's the thing, I build them up until they're at in, 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 in peak, peak enthusiasm. A hell of an introduction. Well, that's because you're a hell of a man. you got to live up to that. Don't you? Well, I'm sorry. It's, uh, look, I've been trying to live up to, you know, my own legend, and that's been pretty easy, actually, let's be honest. Uh, and th- let's talk about this. Would you like... Would How you... are we going to fit on that? Well, y- as a general... Never let go, Jack. Yeah. <laughs>
0: fit on it. <laughs> There's going to be a meme about how many, how, we can both fit on the chair. <laughs> so we're put it come on, let okay. This is what you had planned. No, it's he not. Did, he it's did blow awkward. a kiss, and then he puts the love seat on the chair. <laughs> no, and, I, this is so uncomfortable. It's deeply awkward, awkward <laughs> isn't it? It's <laughs> kind of nice, though. It's real. <laughs> That's a bit weird. This is what you had. Clearly, there's no. no other chair.
3: No, because normally I just ask a question and then I get off the stage no and I sense. let them ask
0: the question. You should just have a hammock at this point. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that
0: could be arranged.
3: Um, stage my, management, can we have a hammock,
0: please? I can't even turn to look at you no. like, we're, like we are one. <laughs> like super twin powers. I'll ask you questions. What would you like to know about me? Dear God, make it clean. Oh my God. When did it all begin?
3: Uh 1978. My parents made a terrible decision. Um, actually, it was probably late 1977, but anyway, that's
0: neither here nor there. I'd like to think that it came after Star Wars. It came after they went to go see Saturday Night Fever. That's actually probably... Low little probably. plug for a chat. Yeah, yeah, because he needs it. Where is he? I don't know. They have him in like a, a, a separate bungalow. So he flies his own planes, which I think is fantastic. I hope to get your ride back. <laughs> do, you,
3: do you have any hobbies, like if, if flying
0: is one of his things? No, I, I like being an in-flight host. <laughs> he prefers to fly commercially. I like serving dinners for 15 hours. <laughs> Walking along with a little trolley, bashing into people's arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Showing them where to plug in the headphone. and
3: I, I and can, can see it's really working for you. Yeah. Now, um, many people, uh, I, was, I was shocked when I realised that one of my favourite trilogies, and probably the greatest trilogy that's been committed to film, that's, that's hyperbole, um, is Back to the Future. Oh. Yes, we love Back to the Future. <laughs> I remember somebody going, you know that like one of Biff's thugs is Billy Zane? I went, oh, what? Dude, you're one of Biff's thugs! That's amazing!
0: He has a name. What is his name? Match.
3: Match. What is it's he a nickname. Yes, it right. doesn't have a last name. Book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was one of your first like, jobs straight out of school,
0: yeah? It was my first. I, I, uh, there was an industrial film in Chicago, but we won't discuss that. Um, but yeah, that was, my, uh, that was my first job in, um, in Hollywood. After uh, arriving two weeks. Do you been in Hollywood It's a very right? uncommon journey, Ed, trust me, I've spent my entire career being grateful for uh,
3: an auspicious
0: uh, beginning.
3: Did it lead? was that the thing that people went, ah, oh, that guy, we want him, or was... No, it... not at all. If
0: you blinked, you missed me. I think I said, so we said one word, I said, shit, and then like, ran, and, get him, you know. You know, look at people like, you're what? Like, do, you have a, do you have a pause button or a slow-mo, remember
3: slow motion? Yeah, I do. Please have slow motion. I love VHS. It just works. Yeah, it did. It's mostly a dead format now. Mystic green. Yeah. Physical media. Oh, <laughs> Bring it back. I yeah, it's so good. It's so good. But since then, you've just gone from strength to strength. This is getting really uncomfortable. I just need you to know that. One of my butt cheeks is hanging off.
0: So. Too much information? Yeah,
3: yeah. I, d- I just think it's important that you understand that my right leg is currently working super hard.
0: Just equally. There's not a, there's not a phrase that is isn't just loaded within you. And I know. <laughs>
3: What were the three we had at the
1: pre-interview? He right? like, he's like, I didn't mean to see that! It was yeah. just horrible.
3: Yeah, look, you, on the Supernova TV, you'll see it at some point and realize that I'm a terrible person. He comes off looking
0: amazing. Okay, okay, so...
3: It's, it's true. Enough of the one
0: cheek sneak, what's going okay. on? Can okay, you...
3: <laughs> <laughs> I guess, what I want to know is, is, so from that, where did you go then? What Did you suddenly go, okay, I've made it, I'm now in a massive,
0: like, movie series. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I dropped drop the, the, the mic. Record. I was 18 and an extra in you know, a pretty cool movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm done. Good to, well, goodbye, Hollywood. It's all over from there.
3: But what's the what's
0: the uh, trajectory
3: from there? Because we did dead calm here in Australia. Do we have any dead calm fans?
0: Wow, that's not the response I expect. <laughs> Alright. Wait until the company line. It was polite. <laughs> uh, do we have any no, no, I think, I think I have to say, like, and land speed. <laughs> yeah, um, but, but, but,
3: Red clover. There's another white
0: turkey. <laughs> yeah. I would not have
3: a dead calm is no turkey.
0: Not, I didn't. I wasn't referring to that as a turkey. It's, it's probably my favorite film. I was referring to other offerings from the OVRA. Um, yeah, that was my uh, first introduction to your fair nation and uh, the fine talent that I had the pleasure of working with uh, again and again. I think I made my favorite films in Australia. Best crews I've ever worked with. Yeah, incredible. Great life Stunning. Absolutely adoring. Um,
3: we, we spoke before about the, the Phantom and how you were reading the script for that in Australia. Were you also were you working on another film while the, you? I was reading the comics? Where i are going to introduce the.
0: Thank you. Uh, no, I, was I was introduced to the Phantom comics in Australia. I found it integral to the, to the national character, and part of the fiber, I understood it as that. Um, and it was a great introduction. I was saying I was reading them at, uh, in, in Sydney at Double Bay on the rocks. My first introduction, lying on a big rock. felt like the Phantom lying on that. You know, I was going, my like, God, oh, this, this character is incredible. Um, for the fact that he had no superpowers. He was just super humane. Yeah, well, I like that superhuman,
3: super humane yeah
0: it was cool he was happy he was well adjusted that's what I like it was not an associate just, you know, we had animal friends and a girlfriend who lived in a cave what's well, not to love that's right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. and isn't is that what you tried to bring with the character in the film that, that he was actually surprisingly well adjusted
0: for a man who wears purple ties? he enjoyed the gig you point know, yeah, your dog's a wolf I know
3: it's, like, yeah, yeah, it's really cool it's cool yeah, I, 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 it's a film that
0: doesn't feel like any other superhero film. Well, well it's not, you know, seeped in, you know, tech. It's, uh, it's an adventure film to begin with, you know. It, it's, I wouldn't qualify it as, per se, an action movie. It's an adventure movie, which is a, a lost art, and is a genre that really made me, along with the, a few of the classic musicals, maybe want to get into film. Because they were just, they were spectacle, but of a, of a very joyous nature not necessarily destruction. I like action. I, I thought I wanted to be a stuntman when I was younger and, and maybe production design or something. But I, it, adventure was something that, you know, the swashbuckling ethos. Beryl Flynn, <coughs> that... Tasmanian. Gene Kelly, Tasmanian. Yeah,
3: I'm a Tasmanian. We own him. We like we, we really put that in. You're lucky.
0: Yeah. As is he, apparently. Yep. Tasmanian, Tasmanian. Stunning, stunning
3: space. You should come and make a film. Then. I would love to make a film. Actually, you, you also made another one here, not that long ago. Blue World Order. Yeah. How did you get involved you Oh, How many people have heard of Blue World Order? How many people have seen Blue World Order? How many people like Blue World Order?
0: Can we... Sounds like a cologne, doesn't yeah. it?
3: How much would you like to
0: order of Blue World well, Order? order. Well, where'd you go? Um, no, I, I, I was thrilled to come back and work. Uh, because um, the director, writer-director Shea, was a dear friend, whom, yeah, curiously, he was my uh, assistant, if you would, my PA, when I was doing a film called Diamond of Jeru 15 years before. So I, I've always been supportive of his career and his trajectory as first an author and then a director. And when he got his chance to direct his movie, I was like, I'm in. I don't even have to read it. I'm coming. What are we doing? That's and then awesome. uh, flew to Canberra and uh, shot this cool little movie.
3: And it is it is an intriguing film. Like it it, it is very much Shay's,
0: you know vision. That's good because I never saw it.
3: <laughs> so what, I
0: what did you think of it? Well, I it because I didn't read it, so why should I? It? No, I'm just kidding. It's fabulous. It's really cool.
3: So you have an extraordinarily eclectic kind of back catalogue. What makes you choose a
0: role? Money. No. <laughs> uh, uh, um, they choose you in a weird way. I found out early on that you know the, the you don't get what you're not meant to, and you end up doing the things you you are curiously. It's never really about the film; it's about the people and the experience. It's it's kind of an interesting. The mystery reveals itself like anything. You always find out why seemingly you do something and why you don't. About ten minutes time, and if you if you you know, one of the things that got me through as an actor early on, I figured out if you. The organizing principle I got behind was rejection is divine protection, right? So I was like, cool, whatever, just let it roll off you and you always find out what, again, you're not, you know, whatever you think you're obsessing on chased, other than the phantom, I have to say. That I willed into being um, years before and and with a lot of drive and passion. So I just might have flatlined my entire theory, but um, for all intents and purposes, I hold on loosely, I follow a certain thread I, and if, if something is fundamentally pure entertainment or pushes the head of you know liberty or you know cautionary tale fine but um, you know people stumbling into their divinity or, or just something that ad- advances culture the ancient Greeks, You know, we're big on the why, you know, what is the function of this play, what does it serve? Um, I try to find that, even buried in what seems to be a weird little indie movie that'll never see the light of day, if there's a a thread or shred of of purpose, or at least a, you know, moral compass, spine, I'll support it. Now I'm gonna get inundated by about 2,000 weird movies, I know. It's, It's like, um, anyway it it's a weird fabric that only is really ultimately revealed at the end of this crazy show so i don't know.
3: well at the moment we're all enjoying it i could th- you you are one of the hardest working men in in hollywood like what doing on average four, four or five films a year um
0: that's a yeah perhaps but they you know a, a lot of those are uh, you know two or three day stints and cameos as well as you know leads or a series it's they're not all the same you're not carrying an entire picture. And that's, you know, simply there's been a lot more product made. It's a different kind of market. Um, the economics have changed considerably. You have to do four or five, you know, just purely economically these days to so, kind so of make you know, up what you did before.
3: The the, the old-school star system of, like, do one, film, and be set for the rest of the year is no longer the case. Not really,
0: no. It's just all bets are off. The, the bar has dropped in terms of... Um, the barrier to entry—anyone can—you can make a damn film on your iPhone. People are, um, and it's uh, there are you know there's more content, yet more demand. It just keeps evolving, you know, ebbs and flows in a very interesting way, um, and uh, it's just a, it's a it's a curious and practical time to be an artist and a storyteller. And I encourage any of you who fancy being one, just just start. Make your own. There's no excuse not to have a calling card because no one will judge you if you're, you know, you have two great windows in this industry. It's one when you start and the other is when you come back. It's all that stuff in between that gets a little tricky because people expect things of you. But when you're starting, you can, you know, start and submit and there's nothing holding you back. When I began, there were traditional gatekeepers in the studio system and professionals grown-ups made movies and records and you know you had to get in with a certain level of quality for the most part and that is still the case quality would always rise will always rise to the top but it's just a more crowded landscape so you got to be good but don't you know hold back from take a swing it's hard I, I find it fascinating the the idea that you could got the
3: time at the start where people don't have an expectation of you and then the time when you come back so is that after you've... something's gone wrong, or after... You've,
0: you've overstayed your welcome, or, you, or, you've, uh, or you've, you know... And did did the, you the, ever th- overstate your welcome? <laughs> Many times <laughs> over, oh my goodness. Yeah, perhaps, for some, for, you know, a fickle industry that, you know, eats its young and prides itself on the new, sure. It, it, you know, it, it's, a, it's a flawed model for, you know, those who stay, but if you're a tradesman, like anything, you want to build, you know. An actor is a roofer in a construction set. You know, you're, like, you're just happy to work. Sometimes you get judged for working, you know. Simply, that's your job. Um, so it's a t- it's a tricky place to navigate. So you you just you know, I find in the you know you, you get to you do some really good stuff and you do some turkeys, but you can never tell. And even in there. It's about the people, it's about opportunities, and, it's, and I, I find I never walk through anything. And I often try to do my best work in the worst movies, just because it's like all you can do. It's like, no, I'm going to, you know, this is, this is...
3: Is it, is it a feeling like, I have to try and make this work, or is always. it more just like... No,
0: you do the best work always, you never not, and somebody will see it, and if the movie is okay, or someone sees it, you shine, and they might want to work with you.
3: And then somewhere on the line, you wind up in Titanic. There's yeah. one of the most huge... Do we have any Titanic fans? Are you near, far, wherever you are? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's got to be... Will, it's, is it still the highest rate, like, the, the highest grossing film? If you, adjust, if you adjust for
0: inflation, I think, maybe, economics, the number of screens...
3: That, was like you know that was another game changer for film. Yeah. No, that that was Jaws again. I was
0: lucky to find myself in a few milestones across the way. That was that was a blessing. The stuff in between, there's some goodies.
3: There, there is. There is some really great stuff. I,
0: I'm a big fan of Demon Knight. One of my favorites. Yeah. 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 That was the most fun. Oh really? Yeah. It looked like. The it. Phantom was my favorite character. The, the Demon Knight was the most fun. I think *Dead Calm*. I'm the most proud of *Titanic*. It just, you know, hits all those marks. You know, what can you say about it? It's, just, it's in a category all its own. You know, fantastic film, great experience. Yeah. But those those other films really seem to uh, touch my fancy. *Titanic* was just a pleasure to work with um, that cast. Certainly something on that scale. But it was it was the dynamic with um, when you're working with great directors. Who have, you know, great confidence, and uh, don't need uh, you just want to give them as much as you can, so they can, you know, make the best movie they can. And I had that experience with Philip Noyce on Dead I had it with Jim Cameron, Sally Potter, Orlando. It's great to work with really great talent, and that's the best thing, is when you work with great actors and great directors, and sometimes there's, you know, and when you can nurture, you find yourself doing this as long as I have, you're like, okay, I'm the elder statesman in the Everyone's 20, and, you know, you want to help and nurture, so you shift into this kind of, like, master class, suddenly. And that's very fulfilling. You can impart with certain pearls and help people, you know, um, find their way and identify the map to the minefield. I'm enjoying that wisdom... uh, Mentor. Mentor position of, you know, sensei actor. Senpai. Which is weird, because that's what I I get asked to, like, parody... It, when I whatever play, my, the, play myself, play yourself. But well, but that's the thing. though,
3: There have been a couple of times where playing yourself has been almost uh, a a joke, but not because I mean the phrase Billy Zane, he's a really cool dude. Is is now burnt into the lexicon of the world thanks to Zoolander. It was, it was, uh... You should
0: listen to your friend Billy Zane. He's a really cool dude. Thank you, Owen Wilson. That was, you know, an improv on the day. Oh Oh, my god. None of that was written. None of that. They just said, you know, Ben was like, "Hey, man, come on down. We're shooting this stuff. It would be fun to have you there." I was like, "Great." You know. And then suddenly it just turned into, "No, I want you to back me up." And uh, and then just Owen, you know, just like saying my name. (laughs) I was like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "No, it's cool. It's funny." And I get more love for playing myself in five minutes. Like, Thirty years of character work. Yeah.
3: I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay. character work is amazing. That's uh, good. I, I'm it's gonna okay. get off the chair now. I'm gonna fall. Yeah. yeah are you in the middle? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh, God. That's so old. Okay. I know that you all have questions. And we're gonna do this. That
0: was terrifying. I, I didn't know, like... The, what? The, the I do where, where are you going? I'm, I'm, <laughs> And now
3: <laughs> it's, it's that time where we get to this sure Fair enough. Questions. I'm happy. I get it. I just I felt like you know you've I heard enough. Share,
0: share, take it. it's great. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Oh God, my really? leg. Hi. What is your name, Michelle?
0: And what is your question, Michelle?
2: I just wanted to know what you thought of being on Twin Peaks and working with David Lynch.
0: Oh, thank you. That was um, another uh, seminal experience. What a treat! I remember when that first season came out and how television changed forever, um, culture for that matter, you know. He was, he's such a talent. And being not only part of that show, but leave it to Dave. At that point, I was pretty much known as the crazy guy. I was the guy you hire for crazy. I was a crazy guy in a boat. I was like the psycho boy. And leave it to Lynch to cast against type, because everyone was crazy on that show, more or less. And I was, this, I was like the Gary Cooper straight-laced guy. He was like, no, no, let's get, let's get that guy. He's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Let, let's make him the straight-laced, you know, 30s, whatever, don't they do right kind of guy. And I love that because that's what I really wanted to do. Play a white hat hero, be Gary Cooper or whatever, King Kelly. And then I ended up, you know, being the nutbag on a boat. Any boat. You got one? <laughs> me and boats. Just add water. And we have a question. But yes, I loved it. It was great. It was amazing. And uh, I would, you know. Yeah.
3: Love it. Awesome. Okay, we're nice. here. Yes, and we have JJ. Uh, Billy, first of all, thank you for coming to Adelaide. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. We yeah. And my question is: You worked with the one and only Kate Winslet
0: in Titanic. What were your fond memories of working with um, Kate Winslet? She was um, as lovely and personable as she was talented. Um, we uh, we didn't have trailers. They built they built a studio to make that movie, and uh, there was a blockhouse of um, talent holding. We had rooms, and mine was. Strangely and strategically placed between Kate and Leo, for some reason. You'd think it'd be the other way around. all right. And uh, Kathy Bates was across the hall. And for the most part, it was like a dorm room. You know, people were bowling and running down the aisles and hanging out. It was like a family, if you always hear that, but it's true. And uh, she was um, funny and fabulous. And... um, I think of a funny anecdote in the story one of my favorite piece of direction jim gave them during the climax while they're running to the stern something the 200 foot crane and the bullhorn he goes Kah! you know kate run like leo leo run like kate <laughs> <laughs> Do it what you, you will know, it was hysterical but it was true she, you know, you had a good gait, really strong, right up your road. a good runner. <laughs> hell of an actor, too. Powerful thoughts. Powerful. No, it's just like, she hoofed it when you need.
3: <laughs>
0: we
1: have, in the middle here, Adam. Hi, hey Billy. I um, just want to ask about a movie probably not so many people know about, and the guy who made, uh, made it gets a lot of crap. Um, but you did a movie called Darfur, which was really stark, and, and obviously probably a challenge. Um, did you feel sort of um, the need to do justice to that kind of story?
0: Um, it was certainly an important story to tell at the time. You know, war crimes and atrocities, the Sudan uh, were simply just not getting enough attention at the time. So, playing a journalist um, trying to tell that story was important to me. Yeah. Okay, we have in the middle.
2: Pam.
3: Pam. Pam. Sorry, with a P. That's,
0: that's right. Hello, Billy. Hello,
3: Pam. Um, I just wanted to say I really liked Through um, World Order, myself
0: too. Good. Um, and I just wanted
3: to ask you about the recent series you did in Britain called Curfew and how much you enjoyed working on
0: that. I'm so glad that that just aired. How many people saw Curfew? and you want to talk about it? Make noise. Woo. Oh. Or not. <laughs> how many people like Ed Con? Oh, you. I'm so glad. I'm curious. What do you like? I want to know. Kingdom Hearts. What? Kingdom Hearts. Ah, <laughs> uh, love it. Handsome. Um, curfew. Was that, was that a two-part question or a one-part question? Was it just about Curfew?
3: Just about that. Also and you like Blue World
0: order. Oh, good. Thank you. Um, curfew. Produced by the Peaky Blinders producers and directed by some of the Black Mirror directors. Great mashup! Uh, it's for those who, for those who just came in, um, a um, near future dystopian tale uh, about a illegal race. Uh, it's basically mashed up the genres or the films of like uh, Death Race 2000, 28 Days Later, and Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Wow! It's mental and funny and cool. It's kind of it, it's great 80s synth that sounds like, you know, a John Carpenter movie and it feels like a Carpenter film but with like John Landis in camera real car chases like, you know, not a, not a lot of CGI and um, yeah, it was a hoot to play and I played an American who was a, an analyst who when a experiment goes awry and some nasty critters roam the streets of London after dark, you know, everything's seemingly normal by day, but at night you gotta board it up and there's a curfew, which seems, you know, everyone seems to adjust just fine to that. My character and his fellow analysts feel, you know, approach it from like a Dadaist point of view, going, if that's sanity, we choose insanity. I renamed myself Joker Jones, put on a big old Tom Mix 10 gallon cowboy hat and drive up enter the race in a VW van from the 70s, all tricked out and painted, which is primarily a tiki bar um, loaded with copious amounts of drugs and a lot of cool costumes. And we enter this race with a vehicle that can barely go over 20. Doesn't really matter. Kind of like, you know, hitting the low-speed chase. And we do quite well regardless. Um, But yeah, I recommend watching this show if it's available. Still on and was great and fun. We shot in Manchester um, a couple of years ago, a year ago. Yes, on the, well, actually, I should not said, Where are you? I'm, I'm back. Where's here. your flashlight? Okay. Right here. Sorry, okay. let me have Ingrid. To Hi, Ingrid. Hi, Billy. How are you?
3: Um, before I ask my question, I also just want to give a shout out to Shay because he's just awesome. is he the business? Here? He's just great. Um, my question is probably a burning question that's been on everyone's mind since early 2000, and I just have known What is it like being such good friends with the
0: Derek Zoolander? Really, 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 really. Really special. Uh, uh, Ben, who I assume you're talking about, or Derek. We can keep it a Derek. But Ben is a a supremely talented fellow, and uh, I, I feel, you know, I felt so happy to come back and, you know, reprise in part two. Um, and uh, and it's nice knowing Derek as well. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's, it's That's one of those things that's going to haunt you for a very long time. Are you comfortable with that? Bring it on. Done. Done deal. Okay, well, we have a question here from Hamish. Hi. How uncomfortable? The purple
0: lacquer in the phantom. Um, let's see. It was pretty unforgiving, which forced my, you know, regiment. So I was grateful. They wanted to put me in a rubber suit, which didn't make any sense. Because he's a naturalist hero and he was, you know, he was just full beefcake. He was jungle lord. He's like Tarzan, right? You know, muscle suits. It seemed ridiculous so I you know had to support my claim and put my money where my mouth was of course when you know at the end of the day when you get out of the thing it's this big when it hangs on the hanger it looks like a g-string <laughs> <laughs> and here's your wardrobe <laughs> you know so oh better just keep you know doing sit-ups and push-ups it was uh, it was not uncomfortable Another reason was we were shooting in Thailand for quite a bit, so I didn't want, you know, latex under that, either. It breathes, but I'm wearing it now, actually.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have a question here from Selim. Yes. Um, hi, uh... Hi. Sorry. Uh... It's okay. <laughs> uh, sorry, has there been a movie that's personally affected you in any way, or a role that's personally affected you that's made you
1: think about the way that you've decisions that you've made
0: or things that have happened in your life. That's a very deep question. And a very good question. And a very deep voice in, to answer
1: that question. But Mike has totally
0: addressed that question. Um, probably. <laughs> most certainly. <laughs> I would I'm not drinking really, I mean, all of them, to be honest, at some point. Um, I'm trying to think what really affected me most profoundly. I made a point of almost meditating before every take of every shot of every day on the Phantom. Like, literally holding light to. Imagining that the, you know, Geronimo said he didn't want his photo taken because it stole your soul. I think it borrows it. I think we capture holographically the essence of what we photograph, and it's replicatable. I think the naked eye can't really extract the full 3D features of what's there, but there's something beyond our vision and beyond our perception that I think is captured that I think on a very subtle, um, in a very subtle context, we absorb and, and take on the essence of people, which is why I think we connect with actors and movies. So, and acknowledging that, or really believing it at that time, and I still do, but I've gotten lazy I kind of forget. I remember being really dedicated to the months long exercise of intention and harnessing like the best intention and putting love under that will for every shot of every take of every moment of that movie and putting out that you know, that mojo and some people have acknowledged it who might be more sensitive than others because I know what you were doing there." I was like really? Yeah, you know, um, that was an important affirmation of, or confirmation of, the power of this crazy medium. Um, so that I think was perhaps one of the more significant ones, was which taught me mindfulness in any exchange, movies or otherwise, with a shopkeeper. You know. it's always nice to be polite with people in the eye. The, the power of putting um, goodwill and energy behind most of your interactions. Certainly while projecting it to, you know, eight billion people, if they all go to the movies. <laughs> um, yeah, that one. Good answer. Thanks.
3: We have Tegan over to the side. Here we are. And this is Tegan. Hello.
1: Hi, my little brother loves the Titanic, so I promised him I'd ask, what was it like playing such a disliked character? <laughs>
0: um, thank you. What's his name? Hey, I, um, a, uh, a gift, <laughs> a challenge, and a, a curious responsibility, in that Cal really carried the age not single-handedly, but he in everything about the crafting of that character, that testament to the script, was about reflecting the hubris of the of the time and and the story, you know, what they were pushing against, really. And it was such a joy to play such a you know unimaginable bastard, you know, um, because. We, we'd, la- like, literally, he was such a dick, we'd laugh. <laughs> Sorry, we we would just break up laughing every every at every time you would say cut. It was just such a joy to, to, you know. He didn't care about the sinking ship. It was That was the funniest thing to me. If you watch that movie again, from the point of view of, like, I guess just whatever. It, it, not to treat it lightly, but... It, there's times it feels like a comedy to me, to my character, because it's like the the arrogance is so palpable. He wasn't, you know, mean for mean's sake. I think he genuinely loved her and could not fathom why she was, you know, just not returning it or that this boy would be a, a, a rival. It was just like blindsiding. However, bad programming fundamentally law and how he dealt with things and people. Um, but that said, reacting to the c- crises around him was really fun to do because other than you know he didn't give it, he didn't give a toss. He was just like, well, of course he's going to get off the boat, singing shmikin, whatever. You know, where's the girl, right? That was this whole thing, and that was just such a joy to play. In the face of everyone's genuine panic and fear, was to just be like, "Whatever, sort it out." You, wait, she's on what level? Beat what? You know. Um, so fun until <laughs> movie comes out and you know everyone's like, "Oh, you're the asshole." <laughs> Thank you very much. The world over, I hate you. That was a good tip. Meeting people for a while there. That was curious. That was an interesting. Good fun. There's
3: a joy in being the bad guy. Um, and then there's not when you called
0: it every day. I think I like your answers because they're very specific. <laughs> and I think you, I like you synthesizing my meandering tales. I think they prefer the meandering tales because you're know. the one doing it. I'm digging your soundbite. And I like how you keep popping up like a whack-a-mole. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, you're like in the back of the theater. You're like, here, you? I got made like, it. Is he tunneling? Is he going under the chairs? That's all I want to know. I am like left oh, turn it at album. but you're yeah, what's like, yeah, up, Jack. There he is. Oh, no, I saw this on <laughs> Okay, we have a
3: question from Cliff, which is for Benji. Benji is a little uh, shy, so Cliff
0: is asking the question. Is Benji here? Yes. Come on, man. <laughs> Ask the question.
1: What was it like working with Tupac Shakur?
0: Good question, man. He was cool. <laughs> We're talking about Poetic Justice with Janet Jackson. Two pack John Singleton Rest His Souls film. Um, he, you know, we didn't have really a scene together per se, so, but we hung out for a minute and um, it was a, you know, it was a pleasure. I didn't realize then the impact man would have on culture, um, but uh, he was a gentleman. And uh, at the time, you know, I- I was just realizing the level of, uh, of, you know, what a poet it was, but it was definitely groovy. Cool cat? We have
3: Dylan right here. There you are. Yeah. Quick. You're good. Hey, you go, Billy, I was just wondering, what was it like meeting Billy Zane?
0: I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> 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 oh, buddy. I'm so, so uh, that's not even Dylan. That's just you putting on Dylan's voice, right? It's like there is no Dylan.
3: <laughs> what was it like being and meeting yourself? <laughs> sorry,
0: well, sorry that's what you do when you play yourself. It's right. like uh, um,
1: what was it like meeting Lee Falk on the set of The Fan?
0: That was very special. Um, yeah, we had the pleasure of Lee coming and visiting. Uh, we were down in the Gold Coast when he uh, came, and it was on the uh, the Pirate Cave set, which was a fantasy to be on a set like that. It reminded me of the climax of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and, and James Bond movies. It was just like all your boyhood cinema fantasies rolled up in one. Um, and uh, and there he was, the creator. It was just lovely. And his wife Elizabeth who was a director. Um, they were nothing but charming and we stayed in touch for some years after um, while they were in New York. But yeah, a great honor to your maker. This gentleman has had his arm. Where are you no, honey I'm,
3: I'm over here. Will you just, yeah, yeah, by, on, on the bleachers to your left. All right, don't leave this cat out. He's been
0: raising his hand for about two hours. I, I will. Which one? we got you.
3: Stand up. Sh- sh- stand up. So which one? Yes. Shout it out. What's your
0: question? Oh God,
3: I'll be back. Oh my
0: God! Look at You All right, give it up. Oh, no, 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 there's someone in the back. There, who here, it? Run, run, run. Oh, no, no, he's over there.
3: That is more energy than I've expended in the last 20 years. I need you to know this.
0: I had to cut my
1: arm. Um, uh, What was it like uh, working with Michael J. Fox? It's great. Next question. No, no, it's <laughs> <laughs> no it was fantastic.
0: You can sit down now. he was he was awesome hardest working man in show business he was running from you know family ties to set and then back again um you know ever the ever the gentleman funny as hell he was like he was like a, a veteran he was you know we were all kids but you know he'd been doing so much uh TV work at the time he was you know really well uh versed and uh Efficient and, uh, and Fun like I mean between takes we'd all terrorize the trams at Universal Studios, right? It was curious because right behind hometown square where we filmed everything at Universal the neck right behind us was New York Street Where you know, how many years later ten years later? I was you know running on tops of uh, Taxi cabs as the Phantom that was where we shot the Phantom some years later right next door but during the day when the trams would come, we'd run out there, Michael would lie on the ground and play dead, and we'd hide in the buildings that we did. <laughs> we shot him there soon after. And when the tram would stop, we'd not run out and get on the tram. We would stand and deliver. We'd like we'd we'd rob the rob the trams of candy. Or swag. And he'd get on board and sign autographs and some. He's a trooper. Good guy.
3: Okay, we're back over here.
0: Are you help are you are you breathing heavily no i don't know what you're talking
3: about <laughs> we have kerry
1: hi billy hey kerry um i was just wondering what style like genre of movie you like to do the most
0: comedy comedy <clears throat> I, think I treat them all like comedies, to be honest. <laughs> it makes the scary ones scary. Crazy don't play crazy. <laughs> That's what makes it so scary. But uh, yeah, I like comedy. Okay, we have Eric down the front here. Hello, uh, Eric. It's really two
1: questions. I love Dead Calm, and I was just wondering what was it like doing a movie that intense where there's only three people in the cast? And secondly, as someone who is in it, what's your opinion of
0: Holmes and Watson? Um, I'll start with the end and work my way to the beginning. I like Holmes and Watson. I think it's funny. I laughed out loud and, uh, didn't understand why I got such blowback. I thought, you know, there were a couple off-color scenes, but come on now. So, you know, But it, I found it, uh, I found it entertaining. I love those guys. I'll see anything they do. They're, they're hysterical. Um, what was it like doing playing Dead, dead and its intensity? It was it was fantastic and um, energetically exhausting, emotionally exhausting uh, in the best sense. I remember you know you were working myself up into whatever lather needed to be um, achieved. It was where I kind of forged a. A working style, a collaborative working style, that um, I, I, I took it, because, again, it was that was my first lead, really, in a, in a film. It was like Baptism by Fire. It was a great character to see one's teeth into, and I, it was no time to be timid. Certainly, gracious, but it required owning that space and. And applying suggestions and bringing, dis, you know, again, disarming comedy or levity or s- sincerity or, or, you know, false sense of security where it necessarily wasn't um, intended initially in the script or the blueprint. But with Philip, we crafted a different kind of music line that sometimes got pushed back because, it, you know, of course, it was, you know. The new kid and I had to earn my stripes but I did it very quickly because what we were recording was forever and there was just no time to pussyfoot around, right? So, uh, I, I seized the day and many times thought, like, I, I knew them. I, once we got to the critical mass and there was no turning back and they couldn't fire me, you know? I was like, alright, we're in, we're good like, I got right, let's go it was literally the, 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 the kind of piracy <laughs> that that character, you know, the, from dancing on the decks and suggesting we do so, to uh, you know, the form and content were really aligned on that. I felt that there was a level of there was a level of piracy and mutineering that was required by that particular turn, and um, you know, I guess like fortune favored the bold, and I, I commend my director in encouraging it much to the dismay of many who followed who were not as secure or, uh, you know, confident in their ways. And I learned how to temper that after the fact. Yeah, it was, it was, um, a workout.
3: Interesting. We have Peter down the front here.
2: Hello, Billy. How are you? Well, Peter, thank you. How are you going? Not too bad. Is this your first time to Adelaide? It is. Okay, have a good time. Thanks. Uh, I was wondering, uh, what was it like working with James Cameron?
0: Um, It was a consummate pleasure. The man is certainly talented. Um, is funny. He's a very funny man. Smart people are funny, for the most part. Or funny people are smart, I think. Um, And he... We enjoy puns. Wordplay and forged a very quick sh- like shorthand early on. I think that's why you hired me. You know, I auditioned for it. You saw a handful of people, but I think they screened the Phantom, and you know, said, "Okay, you can do period. Looks good in a vest or something." Like that. But um, the uh, it, it I didn't kind of. He's a a man's man, the guy was a truck driver who, you know, fancied being a director and just did it. Bought a camera, rented it, more to the point, took it apart, put it back together. You know, wanted to learn everything about it, which says a lot about the man. He was the first in the water and the last out. So complaining about being wet or cold was idiotic. I'm making a movie about a sinking ship. I never understood why anyone complained about that. Really? Why are we here? and uh, and he appreciated just you being on point and ready and, have you know, contingency was his thing. It was a military operation, really, like most movies are. The construction sites and military exercises, the hierarchy, the objective, they kind of work the same way. Um, he's a good general, does not suffer fools, doesn't take time, and challenges people to their personal best. If you're not up to it, you're usually out. It was, it was the coach I never had. And, you know, who liked to be treated like an evil? And not be, you know, revered or feared, you know? So, we, got, we were fast friends. And uh, it was, I felt like it was, you know, I felt like John Wayne working with John Ford, you know? It was cool.
3: Very cool. Okay, we have Joyce down the front here, and I reckon we've probably got time for maybe one more question after this. So, hi, Joyce. Hi.
1: Hi, Billy. Hey, Joyce. Thank you for coming to Adelaide. Thank you for having me. Uh, I really enjoyed your performance as Drake on Charmed. How Woo! much fun was that playing in Japan and driving a bike and all that sort of thing?
0: Drake was one of my favorite characters. Um, I know I've been saying that about most of these characters, <laughs> but it's, it's true because one, I love that show. I just think it's fantastic. The, um, they came to me to play a uh, a demon. And I suggested a reformed demon, because I didn't really want to play another, just a demon. I was like, can he, you know, and they went, what do you mean? I said, well, wouldn't it be interesting if he was, and now he's trying to just, like, make good in what time he's got, but yeah, I like that. So they went away and they wrote that. And I was like, is it possible that he could maybe teach, you know, theater at Wizard School or whatever the hell it was? Like, but what was? The, I can't remember. Wherever they study, well, witches, warlocks, do their thing. They're like, that's weird, but yeah, okay. So I just kept pushing a little bit to try to just bend him to this kind of, you know, wacky, lovable dude that was. That had the facility to pull from the ether to support um, his narrative or whatever he was saying, which was also kind of a, a weird dynamic. The darker version of that was Demon Knight, who did the same thing um, for a different end. Uh, but I adored the uh, the process, pushing it a little bit just till you know, it didn't break. But it was like you know, and then. Like, is it possible that he could sing a song? And the, you know, it's just like Jesus saying, "What the hell are you doing?" You know, all right, it's enough. How did this happen? Why are we? <laughs> so, it was a, it was a very joyous subversion, and um, I thought, like, I would have lo- I would love to have been able to play Drake as a. Should have done an offshoot or something like that. That would have just been a joy to go back every week and play that guy. Still would love to. Well, there's still charmed, so who knows? I'll there, turn yeah, up. Drake, Drake's back.
3: Yeah, Drake's back. We don't know why. It's a totally different cast, it's fine. He's a rapper. I like it. Yeah, do it. Do it. Um, there was a question about what it was like working with Alice Milano, but unfortunately we are out of time. do you have a quick response to what it was like working with her?
0: Great, hot, cool, funny. <laughs>
3: thank you very much. And I'm sorry. On that note, thank you. <laughs> gentlemen, have you enjoyed yourself? Have you enjoyed him? Then which me in the case, I want you to put your hands together, stomp your feet, make some noise with your mouth, and go crazy and say thank you one last time to Mr. Billy's A! Thank you, I believe. Say
0: thank you, Billy! No, no, thank you. Well,
3: there's another question over there! Quick, go
0: get
3: him! it girl, one last time, for Billy (laughs) Z! What a lovely audience you are. I'm sorry if you didn't get to ask the question that you wanted to ask. I tried to get to everybody, but there's a lot of you. Um, So if you didn't get the question asked that you wanted to ask, go and say hi to him at his table. He will talk. You can have a photo with him, you can have a
2: photograph. say hi. The phantom's always there, but you won't find the
1: phantom. Find like you.